Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> this is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. And we are back another week. Oh, there you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Sounds better than ever. Sounds it does, better. Yeah. much better than ever. Uh, the the difference is be night and day. Yeah, good. I've got a brand new headset microphone, so that's why. So, uh, all of you out there who's been suffering through, yeah, thanks, thanks, bus people. All of you people out there who's been suffering through with my voice fading in and out and cutting up and all that, hopefully this will solve the problem. Oh, well, we'll see. And if I still do cut out and all that stuff, then it must be the computer. I've been asking for a GoFundMe for a new computer ever since we started, and it never has materialize, so I guess it's not going to happen. Tomorrow's Good Friday for all of those of you who celebrate in the Christian faith. It's Sunday being Easter. So, since we're all still hunkering down, and I think some areas in the country are not hunkering anymore. I, I heard, and I read something that Seattle is starting to let people go back to work and stuff, and Washington is a bad state anyway, so that's that's odd. But I here in Florida we are still quarantined for another couple of weeks I understand so we'll see what happens there but we are still trying to make it through I got a few things to talk about on the pandemic uh how it's affecting the wine industry but I want to brag for a little bit here first Mike and I were talking about this before the show and I got to brag a little bit wine enthusiast magazine in a post, wrote podcast for every wine lover, from beginners to experts. And uh, Sabian Wallace wrote this, but it is a, a list of eight wine podcasts that podcasts have become a huge part of American pop culture in the past few years. According to the Infinite Dials 2019 report, 51% of the U.S. population listened to a podcast last year, and more than 30% listened monthly. And while wine is best experienced in a glass, there's much to learn through wine-related podcasts. Whether you're just starting your wine journey or have a solar chuck full of vintage champagne, here are eight podcasts devoted to the wide world of wine. And... Yes, only eight. Number one on this list, although they are listed alphabetically. Number one, all about wine. Yay! So we uh, made this list, and of yeah, thanks. Of all the all the wine podcasts, there's quite a few out there too. I mean, there's there's a chunk of them. I've picked them up before and listed a few here and there. And there's a lot of enthusiasts that's got it narrowed down to eight. And we are listed on those eight. It says, All About Wine is perfect for fans of old school radio shows like Car Talk. This weekly call-in show is hosted by Ron Hunt. That's me, a winemaker, salon master, vineyard, and taste expert who occasionally invites industry guests on the show. Actually, we had an industry guest tonight. Uh, Sovereign Vines is supposed to have called in because of the fact that we are now hooked up to live podcasts on Facebook, it's difficult for us to call out. So we asked them to call in, just like Jim Lachlan said last week. But 
or a couple of weeks ago. But um, I know we haven't heard from anyone. I, I I don't know if they expect us to call them or we need to call. Uh, they call us, but we haven't heard, so I don't know what's going on that. But topics can vary throughout the hour, but Hunt Tipton covers the gamut of current industry news, and you know that your guests, uh, your listeners, and so you know I do cover the gamut. Uh, engineer just brought me my wine for the night, but let me tell you about this other one here too. There is also a site that is listed as Feedspot. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Uh, Feedspot has a listing of the 30 wine podcasts you must follow in 2020. And that is Feedspot.com. So you can, uh, wait a minute, it's blog.feedspot.com. So check that out, blog.feedspot, F-E-E-D-S-P-O-T.com. It says, top 30 wine podcasts you must follow in 2020. And of 30 of them, we are listed on this as number 12. Yay! So we are thrilled to be recognized and thrilled to be on these things and all that stuff. And the reason is because of you listeners out there. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening week after week. Thank you for listening to us on archives. Just thanks. I do appreciate it. I wish I could meet more of my listeners. I have met some over the years, and I've received emails from some and all that, but it's cool to hear from somebody about them listening, what's going on in that. So thanks. Thanks, bunches, for you're following and all that. We've been around since 2009. I know a couple of you out there. I know Rusty. Hey, Rusty. I know Rusty's been a listener since almost the beginning. So it's always nice to have listeners out there. And as always, if there's any topics you want to cover, anything you want me to delve into, then I will be more than happy to do that. Or in, you know anything in the industry that you're curious about. Wine tonight just brought by my engineer is 1,000 Stories Gold Rush Red. This is bourbon barrel aged 2017 California. So it's a red wine from California. It says the California Gold Rush was a period of courage, bravado, and curiosity. I craft Gold Rush Red with these characteristics in mind. The grapes used in used to blend this bold wine are carefully selected from the golden hills and valleys of California. It is finished in bourbon barrels, which complements this rich wine with notes of charred vanilla and dried herbs. You know, and there we go again. Notes of charred vanilla. I have never had charred vanilla it would be nice I'm sure but I have never had charred vanilla so that's uh, one of those things on descriptions that you have to question why is that put on there as such the wine itself oh really pretty dark wine that's nice and uh, for those of you who are into the legs the legs are Well, let's see. Trying to bring the legs out on this. There they are. Uh, they're they're not real slow, not real heavy, but they are there and noticeable. Uh, a nice purplish tint to this wine. It's not that more of a garnet, if if you will, and more of a garnet color to it, which. Usually don't see that in the wines. This is very noticeable on the ass, the, the purplish garnet color on it. Ooh, nice nose. It's got that classic red nose with uh, the red berry type aromas that you always pick up on, on a nice red wine. I can mention all sorts of the berries, but basically just red berry, blackberries, and blueberries. And a little bit lighter 
not real heavy, uh, not a whole lot of tannins, which is nice. It's a, definitely a drink now wine. Acid is not real pronounced. It's there. It's enough to give that little little bite, and some winemakers like that little bite in their wines. I always like it balanced with the other flavors, but this one is well balanced, but it's got enough of a little bite to know the acids are there. And it is a very nice finish, too. It's the aftertaste is lingering a little bit, picking up the the dark berry aftertaste on it, too. Very nice wine. Uh, 1,000 Stories. It's got a picture of a buffalo on the front called Gold Rush Red. Uh, don't know how much, but definitely worth it if you see it out there. It's, it's worth it. Use it with food and something light, and you know, even you know, spaghetti. If you get yourself a little bit more of a red sauce, hot sauce, um, heavier sauce to go well with that. We are having looks like hamburger tonight. It's going to go great with hamburger. So something for you there. One thousand stories. Gold Rush Red. Just look for the buffalo. You can't miss the buffalo on the cover. All right. Okay, let's see. We, I threw together some stuff here because we thought we were going to have a guest, and for some reason we didn't connect. But that's that's fine. We can always, always come up with something that is interesting and fun. So that's what we got here. Uh... Okay, uh, what is this, the 20th? Uh, not that, 21st, not that. One industry, 25th. Uh, okay, here we go. Gla- uh, the lantern, spotted lantern fly. Fly of adult spotted lantern fly found in California. I'm... I think I mentioned something about this a couple of three weeks ago. It is spreading. Originally started in, well, Pennsylvania is where they were having the most problems with it. To start with Pennsylvania, Ohio, that area around there. Uh, we're having a lot of plants and all sorts. Of and they were afraid it was going to start moving across the country, and it has. It's made its way to California. It says the Internet access is blocked to this story. Now, that is odd. Uh, So, oh, well. But I think I did mention this, but it is in California. They have found this bug out there, which is not a good thing, but it is something that they're going to start spending more money on that plug else that they're trying to take care of and oh no what is uh, there's another thing that says connection is not private yeah I was not okay well let's do this again hmm I didn't go into these right before the show and so I'm Well, that's not going to do me any good either. I'll have to talk about it some other time, it looks like. Let's hope I can pull up any of these, because if I can't, then you have to listen to Mike and I talk. Uh, let's see, what is it? Okay, this is... Well, this might be able to get us. Let's see if this is good. Yes, it is. Okay. The level I talked about the levels of education that you can go through, the levels of testing, and the levels of what it takes to get yourself certified in all the different steps, and quite involved. We have talked to. Um, Irene, who was getting her certification as a uh, sommelier, and it's, it was tough. She was telling us it was a pretty test. 
But what are the levels? What are the things, the steps that you go through, what are the things that you take? Uh, let's go through this quickly here and start some of these different ones and what differences and all that. Uh, Pete, got to know. A wine sommelier levels. Okay, now, as a wine sommelier, you have levels. Uh, beginner sommeliers, work tasting rooms, and, you know, it's, uh, you plan trips, and you, you've got to feel confident about your knowledge. It's not something that is just it's something you just say, okay, I'm a sommelier. you got to know what you're doing about wine. Then, next after that, is being a certified sommelier. Now, this is, you're feeling a little bit more confident working in wine. You can work in bars, restaurants, or even a wine store, able to meet your friends and associate organized tastings. Uh, Our guest, who uh, was on a few weeks ago, was a uh, I believe he was certified in this level. He said he's taught and stuff like that. Then, have industry experienced pro. Now, you've worked in the wine for a while and you know how things work. You can run a wine list, open a restaurant, and educate students about wine. I think he could probably do that also. Then, mastery, a level that takes up to a 1,000 hours of deliberate practice. You teach pros and push the industry forward. Not something that you just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm going to be a mastery sommelier. It doesn't happen. It does take time. And it does take some practice, and it does take a lot of testing and stuff. The beginner is most of us can really say we're we're close to that. We can impress friends. We can plan wine trips and stuff like that. And we've got some knowledge. You can listen to all the past episodes of All About Wine and get the knowledge you need to impress your friends and all. But as you go on from there, it takes a little bit more practice and a little bit more study. Several options. Uh, we got uh, popular programs, training programs, the Wine and Spirit Education Trust, the WSET, which is the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. I don't know why they call it a trust. And then you got the Court of Master Sommeliers, which is the CMS. Okay, so these are the two major certifications that you can get. Now, the uh, WSET, Wine and Spirit Education Trust, Level 1, uh, is uh, Award in Wines. So it's a $200 to $300 course. It's a one-day class, and you have a study workbook with exams. And you can get yourself Level 1 of WSET. Uh, the WSET program. Level two of the WSET program uh, is also classified as award in wines. It costs you $800. And this is a series of classes and multiple choice exam that you have to be right. And it's not like, you know, is this an apple? Is this an orange? Is this a pear? I mean, there, there is this a Macintosh? Is this a Granny Smith? Or is this a... Uh, delicious. I mean, they're all going to look like they're going to be close. That's how that test goes. Also around the two, introductory sommelier is a CMS, Master Sommeliers. That's a $700 two-day course, very intense course with multiple choice exam. Now, again, these multiple choice exams aren't always easy. Oh, I'd rather have that than essays. Well, these things are pretty rough. Going even further, level three, the award in wines. This costs you from thirteen hundred to eighteen hundred dollars. It's a two-unit course series, the theory and tasting exam. So you have to write out like an essay and a tasting exam. You got to be good at this tasting exam too. Right around the same level is certified sommelier, and that's $600, one-day tasting, service, and theory exam, and with self-study. 
Level three, advanced sommelier, costs you $1,200 plus. It's by invitation exam on theory, tasting, and wine service industry experience required. So you have to have been working in the in the industry. You have to have been working as uh, in the wine service industry to even get invited to take this test, and it's still going to cost you 1200 plus. That gives you the advanced sommelier. Now, these certifications in the industry can pay for themselves if you're getting jobs in restaurants and different places. Uh, also, you'll probably be invited to be judged uh, judge at different tastings around the country and stuff like that, which is pretty cool because a lot of times they pay for your travel there and you can taste a lot of great wines and different things like that. So this is always something to keep in mind. Level four diploma in wines from uh, uh, level four diploma in wines from the WSET side is it, well the price is very on this. It really depends on what you know what you're doing, what the price are. It's a six unit course with deep learning on topics plus research paper, many theory and tasting exams. So. Research. I hate research papers. Research papers, and then you have uh, essay questions and tasting exams, and they don't make the tasting easy, too. And you've got to know what country they're from and the type of wine and what country and all sorts of stuff. It's And different countries will be different tastes for the same type of wine. You can have a Cabernet from California or a Cabernet from France, they will be distinguishing differences in those. You need to know those differences. And then the final one, Master Sommelier. This is 1800 plus on your cost. This is a very challenging three-part examination, and you must prove that you are a master. So the... I think Irene was doing the master, if I remember correct. I don't, I don't know, but uh, I need to get Irene back on the show. I need to give her a call. When, since we're all hunkered down, it should be pretty easy. Uh, it's uh, they're difficult. All the levels are difficult. Starting out on the quarter master sommeliers, your your level one is already a little bit harder than. The, Wine and Spirit Education Trust Level 2. And by the time you get to Level 4, it's much more difficult than Level 4. The other. So it, it makes a difference. These programs differ from basically the same education. Now, this is not to mention sake, spirits, or beer, but the differences help to define them. Uh, at its core, the Court of Masters is service-oriented. This path is great for wine professionals in the service industry working as a sommelier. The WSET program is communications-oriented. This program is for sales representatives and other wine trading educators. The CMS, or Court of Masters, plays to the strength of the independent learner requiring self-study and self-education, followed by a one- to three-day course and exams. The WSET, or the uh, wine industry, for learners who like the structure of formal class with time in between to absorb and reflect. And the Court of Masters requires students to pass each course before moving to the next, whereas the WSET is a multi-level program that doesn't require prerequisites in others. So when someone says that they are a master sommelier, they have already went through three other courses to get there. Whereas someone who has the time and money and maybe a little bit of the knowledge can jump right to level four in the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. So, And it will reflect in your jobs and how much money you can earn. How long does it take to become a certified sommelier? It depends. Uh, Expect certification programs to take at least a year or more. Time you go through each one. And the courses are not all 
offer continuously. We found out from Irene when we talked to her, a lot of times services will be offered every six months or so, and you have to be sure it's not full because other people are trying to get into it, not just you, and they're very limited. Why get a certification? And short certifications can help you better achieve your goals within the industry, which makes sense. Uh, they're, they can help distinguish you from your competition. If you have these certificates and your letters by your name, then it's going to make a difference. And they uh, expand your knowledge and refine your craft and open up doors for your career. If you plan on making a career of wine, wine industry, it's a great way to do it. The breaking it down a little bit more there, the introductory courts for the CMS or Court of Master Sommeliers, uh, it's the the first level about seven hundred dollars, give or take, probably plus a little bit because these are twenty twenty figures and it could go up. If you get sixty percent of the questions correct, you pass. But this is including an umbrella information, terminology, wine regions, grape varieties, not to mention spirits, beer, and sake. So you have to get all that. A minimum of three years in the beverage industry is recommended for you even apply to do this. The actual course is fast-paced, two-day tasting, and theory lecture, followed by multiple-choice exam. And it includes a brief introduction to the tasting method and helps you hone your skills, basically, if you're already into it. The Certified Sommelier Examination Level 2 is about $600 plus, and it's about one year of preparation between taking this introductory course. So you know that you've really got to know your stuff to be able to do this. It's uh, But service skills also is part of this test. You must complete all three levels, uh, which includes uh, level one, the examiner focused on the breadth of information. Level two explores things more deeply and building on your knowledge. And level three is uh, the exams of all of them. You must pass all these three levels with 60% correct answer on each section. Tasting, you're given 30 minutes to blind taste four wines, two reds and two whites. 45 question theory exam include general questions on wine and being a sommelier. And then level two is the first exam with a service section. For those now on the wine service and table side, you need to know all that. It is not easy. So it gives you a little bit more respect for the sommeliers who have made it up to pass this. Advanced sommelier costs $1,200. Again, I recommend a year after passing the sommelier. So you've already spent a year from the first test to the second. Now they are suggesting, recommending that you Take another year to learn this. And this is where mentorship and tasting groups really help you. Find a mentor that knows more than you and let them teach you the tips and tricks of the trade because there are a lot of things that's going to pop on this. Theory, a written exam concerning knowledge of wine, beverage, and sommelier practices. Taste, a face-to-face -face verbal tasting of palate skills and serve exam a practical demonstration of service abilities. How should you serve the wine? What should you do? It's after setting down face-to-face -face with an individual and telling him about the wine system or her. Master sommelier, $1,800 plus. Three years from the time you completed a level three examination. So we've already got ourselves a couple years into this. And you're looking at a five-year program here to get yourself a master sommelier certificate. Working to become a master sommelier is glamorous and nerve-wracking. 
the exam for the time and personal this no easy task. You have an oral theory exam, which is a 50-minute verbal examination about the responsibilities of a sommelier. Tasting exam, six wines, describe and identify six different types of wines successfully. And a wine service exam, prepare and present a proper wine service, including glassware, decanting, and answer customer questions. This is what Irene was doing. This She was trying for the master here. I remember her telling, telling us that it was a very difficult stage. The pass rate of the three portion of this exam is about 10%. That's how tough it is. Uh, it's just, you know, you get past the theory part of this, and you can probably go ahead and get your master's on it. That's why there are so few of them around. You always say, why, you know, it's going to be that hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. We go to the Wine and Spirit Education Trust, though, which is a little bit easier, but not really. Six hours of study time to prepare for level one, which is a beginner's first step, $200, $300 plus. Uh, it's a easier test. They have a workbook and multiple choice exams and stuff. Includes great varieties, types and styles of wine, and food and wine pairings. Level two, $800 plus, 28 plus hours of study time. Here you can start to show the differences. Unlike the CMS level two, this exam consists only of multiple choice and does not require students to take a tasting or service exam. So this is a little bit easier. If you feel comfortable, skip the line. Level two is for a beginner to intermediate levels. And if you feel like you really know what you're doing, you can skip over this. Step three, $1,300 to $1,800, 84 plus hours of study time. This is two weeks of hours a day that put into this. Advanced level. Much of the information is centered on level three workbook covers in-depth wine regions, wine and food pairings, and the principal wine types. The emphasis here is on being able to apply your understanding of grapes, regions, climate, wine production, and explain why wine tastes the way it does. The exam consists of two, a blind tasting of two different wines, and a written exam, including multiple choice and a short answer question. So you have a little bit more to it. How do you get to this level? Find others that love studying wine as much as you do and work together. It's really the best way to do it. Level four for the WSET level, and this is a diploma in wine. This cost varies on the provider. Online classes are available here. They suggest 500-plus hours of study time. So you could jump right to this, but you really got to know what you're doing. Here is where you should kick your study into high gear. This consists of six parts that can take anywhere from 18 months to three years to complete. Talks include everything from the anatomy of grapes to wine business and fortified wines. Research assessment along with the end tasting. Unlike the other levels, candidates for level four must pass level three before enrolling. The exam covers a number of different topics, including, so I was wrong earlier, I didn't know you had to pass three to get into four. It includes wine production, wine business, wines of the world, sparkling wine, fortified wines, a 3,000 word independent research assignment. And that's what it takes to become a master or get a diploma in wines from the WSET. And you can also do other things. Other wine sommelier options is the Institute of Master of Wine. This is an option in the Trump business more than anything, uh, geared toward educators and wine directors, 
a master's degree in wine, that's what they're saying here. To apply for this program, you must already have passed a wine certificate or master's program of study in wine. And there's another one, International Sommelier Guide, ISG, an introductory program on broad curriculum and a comprehensive workbook, great for students looking to set a foundation for their wine knowledge. And this is something a lot of you can get on this. No cost listed. Society of Wine Educators is an excellent resource for individuals in sales education and wine consulting. It ranges from hospitality specialist to certified spirits educator. Full range of certi- certifications include hospitality beverage specialist, or HBSC, certified specialist of wine, CSW, certified wine educator, certified specialist of spirits, and certified spirits educator. This is why you see a whole bunch of letters next to people's names. They've gotten these also as they were reaching their other goals. And Wine Scholar Guild. The Wine Scholar Guild specializes in certifications dedicated to specific wine-producing countries and regions, including French Wine Scholar, including specialty programs for Bordeaux, Bourgogne, Alsace, Champagne, Provence, Rhone, and Lower Valley, Italian Wine Scholar, and Spanish Wine Scholar. You can get a different one for each of those, certifications for each of those. So, a lot of different things there. A lot of different ones you can go to, and you can do it. It's just a matter of taking the time. If you're really interested in wine, you want to pursue a career in it, that's a great way to do it. Get yourself some of these courses behind you. You can walk into a lot of restaurants all around the country and say, hey, I got myself this degree and whatever. I've got myself these certifications and all that. And that's going to put you not just one step ahead, but many, many steps ahead. So that's just... uh, Take some take some work, hours and hours, hours and hours of practice, and once you're there, then you can be a guest on All About Wine, because I hopefully will be around when you're done. All right. Uh, let me see. March 24th. I saw this. I thought this was an interesting little story here. It uh, Oregon wine. Oregon only has about fifty-two percent of the total vineyard acres. Uh, I'm sorry. Oregon only has like you know eight percent of the total vineyards in the country. They account for 52% of the biodynamic certified vineyards. That's uh, uh, the Meter USA, the certification organization, has certified 52% of it in Oregon. Oregon has 15 wineries that have met the certification criteria and 30 additional Oregon based wine to be following biodynamic principles but are not officially certified yet. So to put this number in perspective, only 83 wineries in the United States has achieved the biodynamic certification to date. And 15 of them are in Oregon with another 30 approaching that. The the reason for a large percentage of biodynamics to the state's industry and history, culture, and sustainability. Oregon has, was settled by pioneers 19th century, and they have been a very farm-friendly and environmental-friendly state since then. And they have continued to do so over the years and to keep the craft not just in wines, but in all other aspects. And because the Uh, I think it's Demeter, D-E-M-E-T-R, Demeter International 
finally formalized the certification in 1985, then they Oregon has ran and has gotten themselves quite a few certifications because of it. Is it better? I don't know. I've always discussed this in the past. Is biodynamic better wine? I don't know. I, I've, I've had biodynamic wines. I've had organic wines. I've had regular wines. I guess most people won't be able to tell the difference. I can't on most of them. I can't really see the difference. But those who do the biodynamic wines say that it is so much better, so much better wines and so much better taste. So if you're looking for biodynamic wines, check out Oregon. They are really, uh, looks like they're the leading ones in the country for it. Look for the Demeter, D-E-M-E-T-E-R-U-S-A, Demeter USA emblem, or I think it's a little circle on the bottle, and that will show that they're certified biodynamic, but Oregon has a lot, a lot of biodynamic wineries and leading the country. And I'm actually really went wild on that up there because of Okay. Let's see. I was something here. Let me see if I can find it in because I'm not able to find it. Uh, No, it's not. Okay. Uh, what's that? Well, I got something else I'm going to read you here. If I can find it, I will read it to you. But oh, hmm. there we go. Okay, this is, oh, there it is. It's so much junk in my box here. I can't find the restaurants are closed. A lot of restaurants are closed because of COVID-19. The number of top U.S. restaurants that are closed staggering if you think about it and they are not doing takeout <laughs> we all chuckle yeah I can just see us going down to burn steakhouse in Tampa and saying okay I like a takeout of your you know forty fifty dollar meal and bring it home and eating it it usually will not and does not happen if people do take out these they stay with their local restaurants and small ones and all that and not grab the big ones well because of the fact that some of these big restaurants around the country are not selling and they are closed they're taking to selling off their wine from their wine cellar yeah, it's it's happening. It's uh, the wine director uh, Manresa in California starting to sell some of their most prized wines in the restaurant cellars in order to be able to pay the staff. The last few weeks, they have not been able to uh, keep up, so they are selling some fine wines that are in the eight hundred dollar range that normally would sell in the restaurant for fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. All restaurants have anywhere from three to well, three to six times markup depending on where you are. New York is putting six times markup on bottles now in some of the restaurants, but three times is usually standard. And so they are starting to sell their wines at a reasonable price of what they should be. But Word quickly has spread that the wines being offered uh, at the restaurant has raised over $40,000 from rare wine sales to the wealthy collectors, with one collector spending $20,000 on one wine. It is an opportunity to get wines that you normally would never be able to find anywhere. Burns, which is the big fancy steakhouse in Tampa, 
has one of the biggest wine cellars in the country. They are always constantly recognized for their wine cellar. And they actually have a wine cellar, too. You can go on a tour of the wine cellar at Burns. And a lot of their wines that have been sitting there, I have not heard anything or seen anything that they are selling any of their stock. But some of them are. Uh, the Riddler in New York and San Francisco, the uh, name of a champagne bar, is selling some of his stock off. And some auction houses are picking up wines from some of these restaurants to put them on the block to generate revenue. So if you're in the market, and it's not going to be cheap, but if you're in the market, pick up some expensive wines at a reasonable price and rare wines. I should not say more so than expensive, but rare wines. And just in the term rare, you read expensive. But the rare wines that are available from some of these sellers that are being sold is uh, an opportunity that you seldom will get. So the restaurants are out there selling off some of their stock. People pay pay staff and to pay not just the staff, but uh, pay costs, operating costs. If you're yourself a seller, you don't shut off the AC to it just because of the pandemic. You that AC crank as you're doing that the don't appear so I saw this uh, this article here and I had had to share it it's the small wineries that are hurting I, I was thinking the other day if I still had the winery open I, it would not survive it would survive this shuttered time because of the pandemic. Small businesses count on income coming in every day. And if you are a small business, you know that. And if you frequent small businesses, you know that. But small businesses count on income every day. And when you start cutting out a day here, two days here, five days, two weeks, a month, it really, really makes an impact. So because of that, these small businesses are starting to hurt. There is a Save the Family Farms movement out there. Members have helped support the NAPA, uh, helped supported NAPA transforming into the small farm, family farm community, which there are a lot of small wineries there. Uh, some of them are still in operation. All the wineries that I get the emails from, and I continuously read them, I can, you know, the uh, Tassel Ridge in Iowa, and, uh, well, the one close to us here, the, excuse me, uh, the uh, wineries in Arizona, um, Everywhere. We get emails from all sorts of different ones, and I share the program up for you and what they're doing and all that. Every single one of them, without exception, the recent emails I'm receiving is, we have carry-out and we can ship. They're all trying to promote the carry-out. Come by. Let us know what you want. We can bring it out in your trunk for you, and we can ship it to you wherever you are. We can do all that. And they're trying to stay in business. It's tough. It's a tough time. We had the bill uh, up in the Gulf. It affected the winery. And it's just amazing. It would, but it affected the winery. People had the, the image of Florida being full of oil. When we had the hurricane go through, well, over the years, four different ones. People had the image that Florida was flat because of hurricanes and it made a difference. There's any number of things that can slow down business and make an effect on staying open or not. But when you actually have closed the business and have no choice of it, that does definitely do a financial impact on it. And this is what's happening. There are 
small vineyards and small wineries around the country that can't afford to build a production facility. They are closed from participating in the wine economy. They're struggling to make a profit. They're struggling to get people to buy their stuff. If you're going to buy wine, and this time you're not going to think of your small local winery and say, hey, I like your wine, send me 10 bottles and two of this for a case. It, it, it doesn't happen. I understand that. And it's sad. You should to try to support your local ones. But it doesn't happen. And because of that, you may, much to our misfortune, see some of these places close. Uh, it's tough for big wineries, uh, financial crisis for big wineries to uh, try to sell. A lot of wineries sell to restaurants. Restaurants are closed. Wine events have been canceled. There is uh, challenges for all of them in all sectors of the wine industry. Micro wineries are the small businesses of the wine industry and necessary to maintain the diversity. And small businesses are necessary for the macroeconomic health of Napa Valley and of every region in the country, in New York, Finger Lakes, and Pennsylvania, and I just go on to every state and regions, Texas Hill Country, all small micro wineries are the difference and what makes them what they are. And with this COVID-19, it is like knocking their legs right out from them. They don't have anything to stand on. It's hurting. And yes, the government's going to give them economic help. It's going to give them money, but that's still cover everything. They give you money so you can pay your employees. That's great and that's wonderful. The employees are. But the business itself needs help. I say, in my opinion, that these the government really wants to help small businesses. And I'm looking at wineries. Let's cut out some government fees for a couple of months. The government does cost. The wineries, spirits and everything, but since I'm talking about wineries, the wineries have to do a inventory every month and pay a tax on the wines that are sold and stuff. Since it's not being sold, obviously it's going to cut down on the tax, but still anything that goes out the door, you're paying tax on. And so if they really want to help, let's cut out on some of these taxes for a couple of months, or let's give a buy for six months or even longer. Uh, so that they can recover, so that they can have that little extra money. And it does add up. I, I I know I've done it, and it does add up every once. You're constantly spending out this money every month. And it didn't go anywhere from, you know, $50 up to thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the one and what you're selling. And it's not going to improve right away. So if some, even if they drop this quarantine, this uh, stay home now, it's going to be an issue a couple months from now for these wineries because people aren't immediately going to jump out and buy wine. So, being said, it's hurting. It's hurting them. It's hurting them a lot. And you really do need to go see them. Once we all clear once you start saying you can go back, back again, preach your small businesses, your small winery. This show is about wine. I really emphasize that. Frequent your small wine because it really hurts them not having any business at all. Even if they do scouts and shipping and everything they can to get it going, it's not the same. Most of them, shipping accounts for eight to 20% of sales, if they're lucky that high. Taste room sales account for 80% or more. Without tasting room, it doesn't pick up and make up a whole lot on the shipping end of it, and so therefore it's still it's still tough. And they've got to be in there. They're, they're making wines. It doesn't stop the making of the wines. It doesn't stop the wines being harvested 
being harvested and the wine is being made in barrels and that whole aspect. But that's still going on. It's still happening. Uh, so, jump in there. Help them. Wineries are going to be offering some great deals beyond this coronavirus lockdown. You can count on it. It's going to happen. They're going to try to move stock. They're going to try to get stuff out. So look for good deals. Uh, go to your local community and look for good deals because we will be giving them. Uh, I guarantee you it's going to be something that they can move the product you can get some cash flow in there. They're going to do everything they can to do it. So that little plea of help for the wineries, I think I'm going to end there tonight. All right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's hard to uh, show support like that. I mean, there's there's so many other uh, – um, like you said, the wine sales to res- uh, restaurants because they're closed. It affects, you know, it's a whole. Everyone's connected in some way, and it's it's really hurting, oh, yeah. uh, hurting a lot more. Um, and I noticed uh, earlier, I think ABC Liquors was it ABC Liquors was now doing curbside, uh, yeah, where you could place your order and go do. I haven't tried that yet. I'm, I was thinking, I was looking up. I'm still looking for one of those uh, French wines that. Um, uh, Jim was talking about last uh, how many weeks? Two weeks ago? Last week? Two, two weeks? weeks ago. Two weeks. Yeah. And two um, weeks. so I was I was looking for that, and I was thinking, oh, maybe I could just order a bottle and go drive by and pick it up. But you can still go in the store, apparently. Uh, so I don't know how that's they're uh, still open. Yeah, out. it's yeah essential yeah. business. Uh, put on a mask, mm-hmm. put on your gloves, and walk on in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it look like you're in a, a biohazard uh, location right. or something, but uh, hey. right. <laughs> business is business. I, went, I had to go down to Walgreens and pick up a couple of prescriptions for the household here, and just normal prescription, but they were doing they were out, and so I drove around and the pharmacy wasn't open, so I had to go inside and I had my mask and I walked in there and. Just about everybody in there had masks on. It was just, it was a surreal thing to see all the people walk around with masks on. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's uh, something that we that we have to do. Yeah. yeah. So, till this is over with, and then we'll get back on uh, business as usual. But it's going to be, a, I think, I think it's a long road ahead of us to get get back to that so. point again. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Man. Um, it's, it's, it's just tough on these small businesses and I, I, we're all about wine so I talk about the wineries but restaurants mm-hmm. and all these other businesses these small businesses are really hurting because you cannot be closed for a month and yeah. just step back in and business is normal it's it's, it's yeah. not that easy so yeah. well um, and we have time to, to see what happens um, yes we yeah. will Go ahead and uh, close down the show for uh, this Thursday. It's April the 9th. We will be back next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, April the 16th. And uh, thank you, uh, everybody out there, for joining us. Don't forget, you can listen to this uh, in the archives on Blog Talk Radio, on our Facebook page. Uh, We're also on iTunes and uh, several different outlets. Uh, So um, wherever you get your, your favorite podcast from, uh, chances are we're on there as well, and we don't even know it. <laughs> so, <Man. laughs> that's true. That's true. We are always yeah, are amazed gonna... whenever we find a new outlet for the program. Yeah. Last last week, I think I said uh, we were on some pod file or something site, and this week you tell me we're on uh, we're listed on two uh, you know other. Um, uh, websites as you know as far as having a, a wine show and i'm like wow <laughs> okay. yeah i know it's just it's, we're always popping up on these different things my engineer <laughs> yeah. says i need to get her to blog talk radio and do some advertising you know mm-hmm. you know yeah. since we are such a wide audience it you know advertising might be the way to do some stuff here too that's, so that's right that's yeah. right um we will uh, so we'll see you all next Thursday. Thank you for joining us and uh, be safe, healthy, and um, have a great week. Until next time, thank you. Yeah, thank you all very much for listening. Drink wine. 
This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.